Uh, so if you want to flip, flip to John chapter 17, John chapter 17, uh, we are going to read the entirety of John chapter 17, the uh, just over 20 verses, 24, 25 verses or so, right around there. Um, so strap in, it's like four and a half or five and a half slides up there. Um, but this is uh, a prayer that John records Jesus praying, we are a little bit before his death, all right? We're near the end of Jesus' life. Now, I hope you, uh, you enjoyed last week's sermon where we talked a little bit about prayer and the, the how-tos kind of it, the what you should do, what you shouldn't do. I hope that you took what I, uh, I said and what I think God was telling me to say about um, uh, how to pray and use that this week some uh, to help direct your prayer life. Uh, and now this week, we're going to look at this, uh, this entire chapter, this prayer from, from Jesus. Uh, I considered doing the, I don't know if you remember, a year and a half ago or so, right? We had the whiteboard up here, and we were talking about how to study your Bible. Maybe it was two years ago now at this point. I don't know. Some time ago, well, when I asked my mom, hey, what happened to the whiteboard? Because I would looked all over for it. And she goes, what whiteboard? I said, the whiteboard um, that I used before for the, the, the thing. She goes, oh, I'm pretty sure that's hanging up in the big kid's room. So there's no whiteboard today because I didn't have a chance to go get another one. However, however, uh, there are going to be some points in this where I want some feedback from you guys as well. Just as like if we were doing the whiteboard, the whiteboard won't be up here, obviously, but I want some interaction with this as well. As we walk down through this prayer, you notice if you have the note sheets there, it's a simple note sheet. There's not a whole bunch of stuff on there because I want you guys to be able to take your notes and what the Holy Spirit is teaching you through this prayer, how Jesus prays. Again, we're not going to really look at the content of the prayer that much and dive down deep into it and stuff like that. We're looking at this to say, how does Jesus pray? How does he talk? What does he do? And things like that. Enough of that. Let's read it. John chapter 17, the whole thing. Jesus spoke these things, and lifting up his eyes to heaven, he said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that the Son may glorify you. Even as you gave him authority over all flesh, that to all whom you have given him, he may give eternal life. This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I glorified you on the earth, having accomplished the work which you have given me to do. Now, Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. I have manifested your name to all men, to the men whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they have come to know that everything you have given me is from you. For the words which you gave me I have given to them, and they received them and truly understood that I came forth from you, and they believed that you sent me. I asked on their behalf. I do not ask on behalf of the world, but of those whom you have given me, for they are yours. And all things that are mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I have been glorified in them. I am no longer in the world, and yet they themselves are in the world, and I come to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name, the name which you have given me, that they may be one even as we are. While I was with them, I was keeping them in your name, which you have given me, and I guarded them, and not one of them perished, but the son of perdition, so that the scripture would be fulfilled. 
Verse 13 now. But now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world, so that they may have my joy made full in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I do not ask you to take them out of the world, but to keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have also sent them into the world. For their sakes I sanctify myself, that they themselves may also be sanctified in truth. I do not ask on behalf of these alone, but for those who believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, even as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you sent me. Verse 22, the glory which you have given me I have given to them, that they may be one, just as we are one. I in them and you in me, that they may be perfected in unity, so that the world may know that you sent me and loved me, even as you have loved me. Father, I desire that they also whom you have given me be with me where I am, so that they may see my glory which you have given me. For you loved me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, although the world has not known you, yet I have known you, and these have known that you sent me. And I have made your, no, I have made your name known to them, and will make it known, so that the love with which you loved me may be in them, and I in them. All right, let's take a look at this for a little bit here. Initial thoughts. Initial thoughts. That's number one on your note sheet there. Initial thoughts. I've got a couple initial thoughts, and then I'd like to hear you guys' uh, initial thoughts uh, as well. First off, if you remember last week, right, when we looked at the Lord's Prayer, what is it that I said we start with? Praise, honoring God, exactly. How does Christ start this? Praise and honoring God. Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son that the Son may glorify you. The whole beginning couple verses of this prayer focus around what God is doing. Remember last week I said glorifying God does not just mean saying, oh God, you're holy and stuff like that. That's part of it. But glorifying God is also giving him credit for the things that he is doing, be it the sun rising, the sun setting, waking you up in the morning, giving you a good night's sleep, giving you a bad night's sleep sometimes, right? Or the plan of salvation. There, is, uh, there are a few things I won't say what I wanted to say. I'll, I'll coach it, or just a little bit. Couch it, not couch. I'm going to alter it. Words. There are few things as glorifying to God as the plan of salvation. I don't know that there are any, but just in case, I will say there are few things as glorifying to God as the plan of salvation. It is he and he alone, right? We talked about it with communion this morning. There is nothing that either of us can do for salvation. So Christ here is glorifying God and praising God by talking about the plan of salvation and how it glorifies God. So that's how he starts it. And then the other thing that I want to I that I take from this is that Christ just talks to God. There's not a lot of weird roundaboutness in this stuff. Now yes, he repeats himself a couple of times. That's for our benefit so that we get the picture, right? Jesus was a smart guy. He kind of knew that this was going to get written down and we would be reading it 2000 years later. So for the theological purposes of it, he repeated himself some so that we would get the picture. 
But you won't notice he's not talking to God as if he is scared of God or as if he is like, oh, I can't approach him. He is talking to God just as a friend or as a dad. I didn't mention this last week. I've mentioned it in other sermons, but when he says father in the Lord's Prayer, it means dad or daddy. It's not the, it's not the oh, father. It's the hey, dad. And that's how, when we read through this, that's how I see Jesus talking to God. It's not some massive, holier, just, oh, I have to look good in front of God. No, he's just going to talk to him. Now you might say, Pastor, this is Jesus we're talking about. He not only is the son of God, he also is God. So shouldn't he be allowed to talk to God? You're right. But if you notice in other places in Scripture when people like Peter or Paul and others pray, and in the Lord's Prayer where Jesus teaches how to pray, they're all just talking to God. So I think we can too. I think that's the precedent that's been set in New Testament Scripture times, which we live in. So those are my initial thoughts, and nobody has to have any, but I want to allow for it just in case. Does anybody else have any, just off the top of your head, just first glance reading through it, thoughts about Jesus' prayer? Anybody at all? We're going to talk about this a little bit in the diving deeper section of it. But I guess we can go about it now. We'll jump all around. Number two on your note sheets is diving deeper. We'll just put that out there because we're just going to jump all around here. Right? You'll notice on your note sheet I wrote himself and others. Here's the thing. Jesus went into this prayer with a plan. There was a purpose. There was a reason. There was a point. He wasn't just rambling about. There's nothing wrong with going to God sometimes and not knowing what you're going to say. But most of the time, you should go to prayer with a purpose in mind. God never does anything without a purpose, including his prayer right here. That's good. So he had a purpose in mind, and then as well, he had on his mind other people. He wasn't just praying for himself. Now, he does start with himself. Again, it is not wrong to pray for yourself. He just didn't stay there. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Anything else? And I mean, it can be anything at all if you want to share. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. One of the things that, remember I say, right, you're just talking to God. God wants to hear about your day. When you're praying, most of us know kids. They've either had kids or know little kids. They tell you everything. Stuff you don't want to hear. Here's the thing. God wants to hear everything. So when you're praying and you're just talking to him, he already knows, right? We read that last week in Matthew. He already knows, but he wants to hear it from you. So when Jesus is doing there, one, like I said, he's the theology of it, right? He's praying for our benefit right now as well, not just in the actual prayer, but in the words that he's saying. But he's also just talking to God. God already knows it, but he's laying it out anyway. God, here's the plan. You gave me the plan. Let's talk about it a little bit, right? Good stuff. Anything else before I say another couple, two, three things? Yes, ma'am, and then we'll go back there to Dad. He doesn't sugarcoat anything. 
right? He doesn't sugarcoat it. She said, if you couldn't hear, she said, he acknowledges the world is against us and will continue to be against us. He doesn't sugarcoat anything in his prayer. This goes back to that idea, right? God already knows, so don't bother trying to sugarcoat things. Also, don't be afraid to pray for what's on your heart and mind, right? As long as it's not a sin, you shouldn't be asking God to allow you to sin, but just be honest and frank. I say it all the time, right? If I can be frank with you, or let me be honest with you, just be honest and open with God. And see, Christ knows, uh, you know, the theological side of that stuff, Christ knew what was coming, not just for him, but for the people that would follow him. And he prays about it. A lot of times in our world today, we don't like to admit the battle that is going on because it's a little bit taboo sometimes. Oh, the spiritual world. No, no, we don't want to talk about that. The world hated Christ. The world hated his disciples. And the world hates Christians. So if I may be a little bit of rabbit trail here, if the world doesn't hate you, reevaluate your relationship with God. Okay? Yes, sir. Yeah, he's talking about that Christ doesn't, you know, when he's talking about the plan of salvation, and especially in that first half, uh, and then the very end, there's no leeway room. It's God's plan and the plan he laid down through Christ. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. It plays into that same thing about the world hating you. Christ is not sugarcoating. He's not beating around the bush. He's just talking. Yeah. Christ knew, there, one of the things that he talks about, there's, I've got it marked down as at least three times, but it might be more than that, is protection in this prayer. Right now, this was a prayer, note I talked about last week, not all prayers are the same. You don't have to say the same thing in all your prayers. This was a prayer, part of it was a prayer for protection of his people. And I, I right, this is another thing that just shows that Christ died for everybody, He's doing this for everybody. Not everybody's going to accept him, but he's doing it for everybody. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. He, if you couldn't hear, he made it personal, right? It's written to Christians throughout time and, and for Christians throughout time, but it's so easy to put and find your, yourself in it. Hold tight. I'll come to you first on, my next, on our next go-around. One other thing that I want to mention before we get over here to Andy, and maybe I'll steal it from you, and if I did, I apologize. There's no fluff or filler or needless repetition in this. He repeats himself a lot, but it has a very specific purpose. It's so that we will understand the nature of the relationship between God and Christ and the relationship between Christ and us and the relationship we are supposed to have between each other. But there's no fluff in there. He's not trying to make himself sound better. He's not trying to make himself heard. He's, again, just talking. And there's not this fluff and filler in there to take up time, right? To make us, I was laughing because um, before service, you know, we usually pray before service. And um, I said, we'll have a quick prayer. And my dad goes, well, it's got to be a long one, doesn't it? Now, he's just joking. But oftentimes, we think about it that way, right? The longer the prayer is, the better it was. And there's just nowhere in Scripture that says that. Now, sometimes, there are sometimes when you've got to be on your knees before God for hours. 
There are some times where God just wants you to have a quick conversation with him. But notice Jesus here is not in the process, is not in the in, in filler. He's not doing that. So we shouldn't either. Did I steal it from you? Perfect. What do you got? Mm -hmm. That plays into, right, your, your mom mentioned it there. He says in this prayer, don't take them out of the world, but protect them from the evil one. God doesn't want you or I to be in a bubble. He wants us to be Christians. He wants us to be light in the darkness. He doesn't want us to all go into the same house and close the blinds so that none of that light gets out, but it's blinding in there. He wants us to have those blinds wide open so it lights up everywhere around us. It's not easy, and it's not safe. This is not protection in the terms of safety. It's protection in terms of not being able to be destroyed and defeated by our enemy. Okay? Yeah. Anything else from you guys before we close here today? This is all good stuff. We'll go back there, and then we'll come up here. Yeah. She just said it's just, it's just intimate between, between a man who knows what's going to happen to him and the God who sent him. Right? It's just this intimate encounter where it's like it's like it's a closed door meeting that you get to just open the door a little bit to and 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 peek in. Right? And Christ is just being intimate with God. And that's how we are supposed to be. Our prayer life is supposed to be intimate. It's not supposed to be something that we look at and we go, oh, I guess I should pray again. It's not supposed to be something that we look at and go, all right, it's Wednesday night. We'll go to prayer meeting. We'll pray for the same eight things and we'll ask how Aunt Susie's dog's doing and stuff like that. And there's nothing wrong with that. Please don't misunderstand me. But that's not how your prayer life is supposed to be. Your prayer life is supposed to be intimate between you and God. Good stuff. Rip. He said there's, there's no obstacle course, right? It's just you're praying straight to God. He mentioned, right, uh, all of the different gods, right? Paganism is not as strong today as it was back then. There are still pagan cultures, uh, or, or I should say polytheistic cultures, believing in multiple gods. That's not as much around today as it was back then. But back then, it was, it was rampant. The, the Greeks that were around still believed it. The Romans had countless gods. The Egyptians, he mentioned, even... Mesoamerica, you know, the Native Americans, they had multiple gods. There were very few religions that worshipped one god. Islam hadn't really made its full uh, 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 arrival yet, um, so Islam wasn't really around. So there was really two religions that said there's one God. And actually, at this point, only one, because Christianity didn't quite exist yet. So you had Judaism. That's about it that believed in, the, in one God. And yet here we see that God, Christ is just praying to that one God. There's no middleman. There's no obstacle course you've got to get around. There's no, if I didn't bring the right number of offerings, he won't hear me or he won't like it. Or, if, you know, Apollo liked this offering, but Zeus liked this one. If I brought the wrong one, he's not going to listen. None of that applies. We just talk to God. And, and a few days later, right, when the veil is torn in the temple, we get to talk. Now, we do have a mediator. Christ sits at the right hand of the Father, mediating on our behalf, but we don't have to pray and go, okay, God, um, Jesus, I need you to say this to God. No, no. We just talk to God. We just talk to him. 
Good stuff. Anything else before we wrap up this morning? Yeah. Yeah. It's a conversation, if you didn't hear her. It's a conversation between God and God. Now, God the Son has made himself subject to God the Father. But it's still this conversation between God and God. And how incredible is it, this goes back to the intimate aspect of it, that we get to be privy to this conversation, and then that we get to talk to God in the same way. Just talking to him. Good stuff. Yeah, good stuff. Last call. Anything else before I wrap us up here this, this morning? Cool. The last thing I want to point out, and I wrote it there on your note sheets. He ends the whole thing. 26 verses. Praising God again. It comes full circle back around. See, Jesus didn't just tell you how to pray in Matthew there and be like, this is how you should pray, and then he went off and did something else. He prays in the exact same way. He doesn't pray as much for wisdom and guidance in this one. He didn't really, I want to word this right. That's not what he was looking for in this specific prayer. He was asking for provision, right? He started with praising God. He asks for provision. He doesn't need forgiveness of sins, so he can just skip that part of it. He's never committed any sin, commission, omission, or otherwise. And then he ends with prayer. Ends with praise, excuse me, I mean. The last thing I want to say, and my, my sentence there just reminded me of this. I'm not perfect. I use terms incorrectly sometimes accidentally. And I used one last week. So I'd like to correct it before we end today. There are two types of sin, omission and commission. Sins of commission, I did not say incorrectly. Sins of commission are sins that you actively choose to commit. Sins of omission are things that you don't do that God has told you to do. Think Jonah. I'm not going to Nineveh and goes the other way, right? That's what sins of omission are. Now, you also sin sometimes that you're not aware of, that you don't think of. But that's just not called a sin of omission. So I wanted to correct that uh, before we continue going on uh, with our lives. So I don't know if we're done with prayer yet. God hasn't let me know that yet. I'm hoping he lets me know tomorrow uh, when I'm sitting down to begin fully writing the sermon for next week. But I hope that if this is the last one for prayer that we do right now, it most assuredly will not be the last sermon I ever preach on prayer. But if it's the last one for now that you've learned a lot about how to pray. We as Christians, right, we're supposed to pray. I said it a couple of years ago when we walked through our, our series on worship and we talked about prayer. That prayer is your most powerful and most important tool as a Christian. You are talking to the creator and sustainer of the universe. The problem is most of us, myself included, don't know how we're supposed to pray. And I hope that as we've looked through these past two passages of Scripture, one that a lot of us are going to know really well, because when do you learn the Lord's Prayer? When you're five? You probably know it in the King James Version, since that's the only version worth speaking out of, right? But as we look through that passage and then look through this one, I hope you've seen just the basic foundation of how to pray. 
because that's what you need. God's not asking you to be this great prayer that everybody else looks at and goes, wow, look at them praying. We talk about the term prayer warrior sometimes, these people that are just these incredible prayers. You know what they do? They pray exactly like Jesus did, and that's what makes them a prayer warrior. They're not trying to be all high and mighty with us. They're just going to go talk to God. They're going to bring the requests that are made before God. Now, some people, some people like my mom and my brother and stuff like that, are more suited to the prayer warrior life, if I can call it that, right? Prayer warrior is not where God has called me. It does not mean that I should not be praying day and night. But some people, God just created them to be these awesome prayers before him. The rest of us got to put some work into it to get there. I'm with you on that. Prayer was never my strong suit. I was always somebody who wanted to appear good in front of everybody else. And then as I grew up and became leader in youth group and then leaders in college and then the pastor of this church, I went, man, I really don't know how to pray very well, do I? I better learn. So I hope that along with me, you've learned the basics, the basic foundation of how to pray. There are other prayers littered throughout Scripture. I encourage you to go look at the prayers of Paul and such throughout the New Testament because they'll show you even more how you're supposed to pray. Paul would just talk to God. He didn't care if he was angry. He was going to tell God that he was ticked off. God already knows you're ticked off, so just let him know, right? And then work through that. God already knows if you're angry at him, so just go to him and work through it. But I hope, again, that this basics has helped you to learn the basics of how to pray and where to go from here. Would you pray with me? Father, we want to glorify and honor you this morning through our lives, through what we say, and through our prayers. Father, I'm asking that you would help us not to care about what people around us would think, but just what you think of our prayers. I thank you, Father, that you have littered Scripture with prayer so that not only can, does your Son teach us how to pray, he then shows us how we're supposed to pray. He gives us example. Father, I'm asking that you would help us to follow that example. Deepen and lengthen our prayer lives. That when we go to prayer, we're not just going, all right, time to pray, or all right, we pray before every meal, or you know what, we pray before this, but that we recognize who we're praying to, and that we just boldly step forth in that. Father, we praise you, we love you. Give us safe travels on our way home, and it's in the name of your son that we pray, amen, and amen.